Hey, well, welcome to the Joel and Jonathan show in that order. And <laughs> we're the podcast where we talk about whatever we think is interesting. We and talk about Joel and Jonathan. Joel and Jonathan in that order. In that order. <laughs> uh, so we were, Jonathan was talking about, well, what was it? How, I, how far back should we go to pre- segue this talk? Well, I, so I, I, we were trying to decide a movie to watch the other night with, with my wife and her parents. And I somehow got, got in my head that I wanted to watch this movie that I was obsessed with as a kid. It was called Condor Man. It was this yeah, 1981 right. Disney movie. Um, and I found it on Amazon Prime Video and I tried to sell it so hard to them to watch. You used to play that over and over and over again. I broke the cassette tape because I, I watched it so much. That's right. It was on cassette, wasn't it? It was on VHS. Yeah. So ultimately, I didn't get a chance to convince them, but uh, it just made me kind of remember. Like, we watched the trailer and I was like, see, see how great it is, guys? Which it's a horrible... I mean, I don't know. It's a great movie, but it's a horrible movie. Um, but we didn't watch it. But then I decided to post on social media to see how many other people had seen this movie. And I got a couple of people. I was actually surprised to see the other really? people had seen it. I yeah. didn't realize other people had seen it. Yeah, and the people who have seen it have very fond memories of this movie. I liked it. I think it was... so The first eight times. <laughs> the premise of the movie is there is a comic comic book writer who creates this character named Condor Man. That's just his fictional character. And he's just obsessed with, you know, making this guy as great as possible. But he has this buddy who works for the CIA. He's just a paper pusher. Anyway, something happens where they need a civilian to meet up to get some paperwork from a defecting, I think, uh, KGB agent, right? It was a Russian agent or something. Uh, They needed to to pick up some paperwork and somehow he got volunteered for it. So he went... Wasn't he in the area already or something like that? No, I I think he was just the only one they knew that was like civilian that would that would work that would be able to do this um so they they send him on this operation and he decides because he's just a lunatic he's just kind of crazy that he's going to pretend like he's a real spy and so he he puts on this air of being a real spy and accidentally saves the day when these people try to capture this defecting agent and now she decides he's the only person she'll work with that's right i will only defect if it's to this comic book writer and she thinks he's a spy and so his stipulation, though, is I will only do this work if I get to have everything my cartoon character has, my comic book character That's has. Right. I remember that. So he becomes Condor Man. And it's just, it's fun. I mean, it has everything a little boy would love. Car chases and Porsches. It has boat chases, tons of explosions. A guy has a suit that lets him fly. Um, it's just everything. That's right. Lasers. I mean, the cars are shooting lasers for some reason, which they don't. That, that I don't was, remember that. No, they shot lasers. It was, it was. I think they took from Star Wars the the effects and just went with it. It was like it was a Disney movie. right? It was a Disney movie. Like eighties, nineteen eighty one. Yeah, and so I watched it so many times though that I remember every single commercial that was in this movie. Like I think there was a a a, a, a Ricola commercial. There was Grey Poupon. Uh, I just I, I could literally that was that commercial where he pulls up in the limo and goes pardon, pardon me, me. do you happen to have any Grey Poupon <laughs> I read a great article about Grey Poupon and how they huh. made they were the first person to like kind of break into the alternative mustard market alternative mustard well yes. they're Dijon versus just yeah yellow for a mustard. while it was just like there's yellow mustard and they said you know how do you make it in Grey Poupon that, that 80s advertisement was a game changer a game changer. Man, I do. I love some and Dijon And we mustard. had those because we lived in Guatemala at the time. And so when we'd be back in the U.S., we would record 
Remember we would just record Disney Channel like pretty much nonstop. So we'd have these videos. That was just our dad. Yeah, he would he would do that. I mean, I mean, we had it when we lived in Kerrville too. Before we lived in Guatemala, I think that was just yeah. But we didn't have cable. MO. We didn't have cable back then. So we went over to our grandparents' yeah. house and recorded yeah, there. Recorded the videos. <laughs> yeah, and we had like endless hours and hours of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I I don't remember that. Remember very those? Much. Oh, I remember we had a ton of those, and there were uh, Anne of Green Gables. I remember. Yeah. Or we, yeah, I don't know. You know, the biggest thing I remember from that time in Guatemala was somebody had recorded Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh Uh-huh. And we wanted to watch it really bad. And mom and dad were like, we need to preview it first to make sure there's nothing questionable in it. Uh Because it was rated PG-13 or something. And I remember one time they were at a staff meeting and we watched it. And then we knew they were coming home. So we really quickly rewound the video, (laughs) rewound it to the start. And... I just couldn't take it. After about an hour, I confessed to dad. He said, <laughs> he said I knew something was up because everybody was frantic when we got home. <laughs> we were just all like, rewind the video. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't watch it. But for those who don't know what we're talking about, there's these black boxes we used to have that had tape in it and we had to rewind them. You had to actually rewind. Yeah, you actually had to rewind it. And so you couldn't just like push it back. And it would take a good minute sometimes to rewind it in a VCR unless you had a rapid, if you had the money, you could afford a rapid rewind. Which though, then you ran ran the risk of breaking the tape, which is what happened with Condor Man because it puts stress on the tape if you rewind it too quickly. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Man, I could be making that up right now. These are some of the really challenging things we had to live with growing up. You know, I remember actually, this is kind of off topic, but I remember the coolest thing about Guatemala is that you could rent movies at the, at the, like whatever the blockbuster was that were still in the theater. The only thing is you had to deal with heads uh, walking in the frame because they were all pirated in a, in a movie theater. I think we saw Flintstones that way. Yeah, so con- confession, when we lived in Cusco, this is just a few years ago, uh-huh. at the time there was no movie theater there. Yeah. And so the only way you could watch movies was you had to get these pirated, which I, you know, piracy piracy is not a victimless crime. It's not. It's not. I mean, so yeah, what I've seen, I saw it somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's re- there's a lot of people that get hurt, I think. I feel like you're being sarcastic right now and it might not be coming across to the listeners. So, uh, <laughs> we would always see that warning on these pirated DVDs we're watching and we're thinking, man, somewhere a butterfly is dying. <laughs> just, butterfly is it just lost its wings. <laughs> yeah, somewhere a butterfly lost its wings because we're watching these pirated. But um, you could get all sorts of movies and if they didn't have it, man, you'd be like, hey, can you get this movie? And they'd be like, hang on. And, they, and they'd call some guy on their, their burner phone. Their guy, like, their movie guy. And they're like, come back tomorrow. And I don't know, they probably called some guy in Russia who runs a theater and just like projects movies. Because a lot of them had Russian translations at the bottom. Ah, that makes in, sense. But in, uh, in Cusco, Peru, we had Russian at the bottom. But what we'd have to do is you'd have to preview them. And they'd be like, no, it's the calidad. It's a good quality one. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know, there's nobody walking through the theater or stuff. So we actually got some really good quality ones. Uh, some pirates are better than other pirates. I, I that's the case, Nate. <laughs> Um, well, so Condor Man was my favorite movie. Yeah. Back to, back to the topic. Uh, we were talking Oh, we're not time. talking about pirated movies? We're, no, we're talking about obscure <laughs> movies that we loved. Uh, but I remember you were saying when we talked about this topic that there's one movie that you've... And I've never seen this movie except for the opening scene because uh, you showed it to me. But what was this movie you that you... still haven't watched it? The I mission? still haven't watched yeah, it. So my I hear favorite, it's depressing. Yeah, Emily won't let me watch it when she's around. <laughs> my favorite movie is The Mission. And tell me why it's your favorite. Give me a synopsis here. Uh, so The Mission is about this guy who's a slave Give me trader. a synopsis and fire my synapses. All right. Ooh. This will be quite synoptic for your synoptic 
so in the, in the mission, Robert De Niro. Mission. Yeah, it, it takes place in South America. Robert De Niro is a slave trader, and um, he he's a traitor to slaves, or yeah, he's he's, he's that, a slave that trader too. That too. He finds these indigenous people up in the mount or up in the jungle mm-hmm. and enslaves them. Uh, and at the time, there's this conflict going between I think it's Portugal and Spain. And, you know, there's all these political ramifications, but there's a priest that ministers to these people. And so he doesn't, you know, he's trying to protect these indigenous people. But then uh, Robert De Niro is this slave trader. Well, Robert De Niro ends up killing his brother because his brother falls in love with his girlfriend. So he all, you know, just your typical, your typical movies. He ends up having this, this kill your brother because he falls in love with your girlfriend story. Yeah, yeah. Precisely, <laughs> fratricide, isn't that? No, the word? that's a, that's dad. No, that's no it is fratricide. Yeah, yeah it's fratricide. There's your vocabulary word for the day. Fratricide. Uh, so he kills his brother, feels guilty, and then the priest Jeremy Irons, who's been rescuing all these indigenous people, basically set forgives him of his, you know, absolves him, absolves him, um, and then he says, "Come with me to meet these people." And so it's this movie of redemption. Of so how he, he goes, meets the people that he was previously the trying people to he was enslave. enslaving. He ends up living with them, starting a mission up there in the jungle with them, and then the ending is. A I'm guessing bit of a downer. he then they try to more slave traders try to come in and he tries to rescue them from the slave traders. Yeah, well, I don't want to ruin the movie because people well, need get, to watch I mean, that's it. The, that's the obvious. Eh, story yeah, arc I mean, that would come around yeah it's it, there's a lot of political and religious conflict and it's just uh, I don't know I that's weird because like there's not often uh, conflict in religion no nor politics no I know it's that's weird that they but would they would have gone with that device to integrate it into this old movie that's yes. fascinating it was, yeah <laughs> I think politi- politics were probably a little more divisive back in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, historically, there have, haven't been too many big conflicts over religion. No, no um, man. No. So that's my favorite movie. Emily doesn't like it because the end is a little bit uh, tragic. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 if, if you'll notice, the movies that I'm going to bring up today are all more on the comedy spectrum. Uh, in fact, one movie that I was thinking of too that is is super obscure, and I don't even know how I came across this movie. It's a movie called The RM. Oh, that, you told me about that movie. That's a great movie. Yes, it's a Mormon movie. Isn't it's it? a movie made by Mormons or for Mormons. LDS. It's for Latter Day Saints. It's for Latter Day Saints, right? Which we are not Mormon. We are not Latter Day Saints. I'm a saint. Well, we're saints, but we're not of the Latter Day Saints sect right right, right. Uh, but I I, I have you just no call them a sect I did a sect is that is that bad I don't know I mean I guess it depends who's listening well <laughs> let's talk about sects <laughs> baby <laughs> No, but the RM. So it's this <laughs> speaking of eighties songs. <laughs> Wasn't that nineties? I don't know. Maybe it was nineties. I think okay, that was nineties. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, no. So this movie, the RM, it's it stands. The RM stands for Returning Missionary, That's and right. I don't know enough about Mormon culture to have fully probably gotten all the jokes in this movie. But it's really just. It's almost like a parody of Mormon culture of like Mormon ideals. So it's funny because the the, the you know the bad guy in the in the show in the movie he's drinking um regular coke which has caffeine and the good people are are drinking caffeine free diet coke which is what they're allowed to drink because you can't drink coke and interesting enough isn't aren't the mormons like the number one shareholder of of coca-cola or like 
they, they own like a massive stake in Coca-Cola. Yeah, you know, I asked a friend of mine who's LDS about that one time, and um, I don't know how how much people know about the inner workings of the the stocks they own. I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you my Mormon story one time about when I'm in a village and a guy flies in a helicopter, but that's another story. It has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Movie I like how you dropped all these details enough to like make us interested and you're like but I can't well, tell you no, it's, it's, this isn't an episode about the LDS well, let's just so, go for it though no keep going tell me yours well we can go off on tangents but um, my Mormon story or no, the, the movie the rest of the movie because yeah, I yeah, like yeah, the yeah. movie but it's, yeah. it's basically like every Mormon stereotype to well, right? yeah so you know every every Mormon is supposed to do one year or two years one year of missionary work yeah, I think right, right after high school yep. and so this kid does that and he goes and does the work of the Lord uh, he goes and does his mission trip and he's planning to come home to this girl who is waiting for him to get married he was supposed to have a job lined up anyways he comes back from his, his mission and everything falls apart that's right there is a, a, a guy from Tonga I think who is living in his in his room so he has to live in the garage his girlfriend has decided to uh, date this other guy the job fell through and it's just him trying to pick up the pieces of coming back from his missionary journey and i don't know why it's just so funny it's, it's a great it's hilarious. You know, it had a napoleon dynamite feel to it too. which they were actually mormons that they, they were they went to byu with a film school and there so i think is. i think there actually might have been some of the same actors in it hmm. yeah i remember that movie when you told me about it i wonder if it's have you seen it on netflix or anything where did you check find on it that? It was, I think it was in a blockbuster. This was back, I think I, I, at one point in college, I had this movie night every Tuesday night, like a standing appointment to hang out with this friend. We would just watch different obscure movies each night. And I was like, this will be an obscure one. And it happened to be fantastic. I was surprised at how, how much I liked it. So you've got two comedy movies that you remember. My, mine's a tragedy. Another one of my favorite movies. <laughs> this is obscure too. It's a Russell Crowe movie. Russell Crowe. Yeah. And I don't know. Le Miz. No, it's not Le Miserable. <laughs> it's obscure. It's called A Good Year. A Good Year? Yeah. Is that the one... Uh, that is that the one... No, wait. You, I thought A Good Year was... The Good Year and A Good Year are different movies. No. A Big Year is another one. That's the one about the bird. The birds. bird one. That's the one that's you told me about. That's a great movie too, man. A Big Year. I keep... I've watched that like over and over again. I never get bored with it. I was surprised at how wonderful that movie was. Yeah, The Big Year is a you great movie. It's uh, Steve Martin, Jack, Jack Black, Black, and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Who I think he's hilarious. Just saying his name, we laughed. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's about the craziness of these this, like subculture of birding communities. They bird. But there's a really great message at the end of it. Uh, but the other movie I was thinking about is a good year where Russell Crowe is this high power stock trader and he ends up inheriting this vineyard. You know, it's funny because I think you told me about a big year and I was like, oh, I think I've seen the trailer for that. And I mentioned a good year and you're like, oh, that is a good movie. But no, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But in a good year, it's actually an adapt adaptation of a, of a writer named Peter Mayle and M-A-Y-L-E. He's an amazing writer too. Like if you want just peaceful, fun, chill fiction. I wonder Peter if his Mayle, wife took his name. Her name's Fee. Fee, Fee male. <laughs> so it works. Fiona, but I go by Fee. Hey, I'm Fiona male. Fee male. Uh, yeah, so, so it's a good, uh, it's a great movie. So the what's the plot? Is, but I finally read the book, the book and I realized it's totally different than the movie. Yeah. Yeah, which is a whole other topic. Like, how, how much should you jack with movies based on the book? I mean, that's what that's what Kubrick did with The Shining. Like, that was his big... I, I don't know. Have you ever seen any documentaries about The Shining where... Sure. The opening, Kubrick, Wasn't that an Atari Stanley, game? No, Stanley Kubrick, who's this 
famous director. Like oh. he's he's like the one you study in what, film but, school. But but wasn't Kubrick a Atari, an Atari game? No, Kubrick is the ones that you do the, the that's uh, oh the, with the Kubert. colors on each side. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah the Kubrick. Yeah, the Kubrick rubric rubric the rubric. <laughs> Uh, no, Stanley, no, Kubrick's opening scene of The Shining. I've never seen The Shining. Well, it's it's great if you watch it on TV. I can't watch intense or scary movies. It's unless they have to do with South American uh, slave traders. Yeah, but that's not like intentionally trying to... I can't move, watch movies that want to frighten me. Yeah, fair I enough. I just can't do it. I don't typically... I don't know why I've seen The Shining, but... I, I was just fascinated by it, but the Wasn't opening that M. Shyamal- M. Night Shyamalan. No, it's, Cam- it's Kubrick, and it was That's a Stephen King. Yes, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, God, Stephen King. That's right. Did, did I tell you that I drove by Stephen King's house in Bar Harbor? Really? Or uh, not Bar Harbor? Uh, Bangor last no. summer. Bangor. Yeah. Where's Bangor, Maine? Bangor, Maine. It's a very interesting place. Yeah. But anyway, keep going. Sorry. Well, no. So the opening scene is this, they're driving past this car that has wrecked on the side of the road. And it was the car, like the actual car that was supposed to be like the one that they drove in the book. And so Kubrick's like opening scene was basically saying, this is not going to be the book that you read. I'm making my own movie, uh, which was just an interesting tidbit. But back to your movie that we were talking about. How it's completely different than the book. Let's talk about the movie. How was, oh, yeah. What was the movie about? Well, in a good, in a good year, uh, Russell Crowe is a high-power stock dealer. He inherits this vineyard. He decides he wants to sell it because he just didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. But as he's there getting ready to sell it. Who does he inherit it from? His grandpa. Oh, okay. He, um, is it in Tuscany or it is in California? It is in or? France. I think it's France. in Provence. Provence. Most of Peter Mayle's books, because he lived in Provence, huh. are happen in Provence. 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 They and the anyways. So in the book, there's you know like drummed up conflict. Uh, a long lost heir comes and he's afraid she wants to take the the vineyard and then there's a secret illegal wine they've been growing there in the vineyard. Moon wine. Yeah, moon moon wine. Moon wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, speaking of the shining, um, moon shining, moon shining, whining, and <laughs> anyways, it's a, it's a good, it's just a peaceful movie. It's it's not it's, so. There's no conflict. There's it's mild conflict. Uh-huh. You know, it's something you'd see on Hallmark. Maybe a little middle, maybe a little bit, a little more, edgier, a little edgier than Hallmark. We love Hallmark movies. Well, no, my wife loves Hallmark movies. I like I, watching Hallmark movies too. I find them like so boring. I, I'm not like I, I do enjoy like a happy, peaceful movie, but I need a little more conflict. So it's something I've never confessed, and I'm just gonna do it to the world here. All seven people that listen. <laughs> and you. I am working on writing a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Did you know that? What's the uh what's the premise? It's a girl and she you know she's Who's fa- lost the meaning of Christmas, obviously. No, 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 no. <laughs> she's she got divorced and she goes back to her home and she lives in this little cottage and she's trying so to So this find will take love. place, the movie will start post the trauma of the divorce. Yep. And this will be right after right after she wiped the tears, that's when the movie starts. Yeah, she's trying to pick up the pieces. You know, the, the classic Hallmark. She's signing the papers, going home, starting from scratch, has her garden, trying to find love. And she starts at bed and breakfast and the house has all these problems. And then this guy... So just zany little misadventures. It's a classic Hallmark movie. Yeah. You don't have to have a tremendous plot. No. Um, so, yeah. But then the one guy comes in who's going to rescue her from... Yeah. And then she kills her sister. <laughs> and a priest absolves her. So Is that sor- Sororicide? Sor- soror- or is it fratricide? Uh, so- 
What is killing your sister? Because sorority is sisterhood, Does right? Does that even exist in the history of, of humanity? A, one, a sister killing another sister? Yeah, I mean, I, I could imagine so. Isn't that like the whole like... Sister-side? Sister-side, wouldn't it be? Or would that be sorcery kill, killing other sorcerers? Uh, Let's see how fast Google I'm, will pick this up. It's not coming up here. What is it called when you we'll kill your... We'll call it suicide. That could get me flagged. What is it called when you kill your <laughs> sister? You <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Karis. We're not really wanting to kill you. My sister, they call, like the FBI calls, hey, we've been getting some... We've been pings. getting some odd pings from, from your, your brothers. Brother. So, anyways, I'm just joking. She didn't actually kill her sister. I had a feeling that was, I was just involved a... slave traders and politics. Yes. But, anyways, that's the general gist of it, but... That's when a very peaceful movie out of nowhere gets really dark and really intense real yeah. fast. Hey, speaking of obscure movies, I actually... Joel's leaving the microphone right now. I just realized that in my office closet, I have a bunch of the pirated movies that we got from Peru. One of my favorite things about seeing those pirated movies was the that they would sometimes take... Um, reviews from online and yes. they didn't speak English so they would just copy and paste this scathing review of the movie that was like Will Ferrell this is the single worst movie he's ever made and it's, on the, ever it's on the back the cover yeah yeah that too or it's just like you're just hating on this movie when you're trying to sell it which is hilarious so here's one what movie got, a Zac Efron movie we have 17 otra vez 17, 17, 17 again is that, yes, that's is that an English title yeah. That was actually a great movie. Well, here's Australia. Now, that was a good movie. Australia? What? Australia? Was, was that the one with uh, Nicole Kidman? Because she's yes, from Australia. and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Also from... I love Hugh Jackman just for his name because if you merge Hugh and Jack, it's huge. And I just say huge. he's a huge act man. He is. A, yeah, he's a huge act man and actor. So, the <laughs> Australia one was... I thought that was good. It's three hours, though. A little long. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um... Más allá de las fronteras. Beyond... The frontiers? Beyond borders. I think it's called Beyond Borders in English. You're getting some really obscure movies in there. Yeah, have you ever seen that one? No, I haven't. Great movie. It's Angelina Jolie. Who's a little-known actress. And another guy named Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Who, by the way, whenever my movie, The Montefeltro Connection, gets made is that your leading, Clive your leading Owen man is going to be my lead actor all right yeah just so you know uh we have 007 um we have bride wars bride wars um we what have, is that called though what is is that what the real movie is uh i don't know what they call it in spanish i had to write it in marker on oh that. but that's in english is bride wars yeah that's so all of these are in english and they'll just put spanish uh translations on the bottom Interesting. Yeah, here's one called uh, Duplicity. Another one with Clive Owen. Yes. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Very obscure movie. Great movie. I think it's it's a movie about because it has Clive Owen and Julia Roberts, who are just really highly underrated actors. Yeah, it's a movie about corporate espionage, if I remember correctly. Ooh, how do I remember that? I don't know. And you were yeah. criticizing me last episode about watching so much TV. Well, I, you know, I, honestly, I don't. We don't watch. I don't watch that much TV anymore. Yeah, and I don't really watch movies, and I won't go to the movie theater either. Yeah. I don't like movie theaters. You're so much better than me. No, I just don't like movie theaters. <laughs> There's annoying, obnoxious, talking people with cell phones. And I know they've gotten very aggressive with the screens. Uh, when you hey, remember, into... no anger. It's a promise of I'm the not... show. Oh, sorry. I'm not angry. I'm not, <laughs> no, angry. not angry. Count to 10. Hey, I've discovered a new anger management technique that is really amazing. What is it? Whenever something... One of the things that makes me angriest is when something is blocking my goals. Uh-huh. So whenever something is, I just go block goals, block goals, block goals, block goals, block goals, block goals. <laughs> and... 
Emily. <laughs> the problem is it, it makes everyone around me angry. <laughs> but man, it really helps me calm down. Just a little side note. So if something's in your way, like sometimes I'll be in traffic, I'll go block tools, block tools, block tools, block tools, block tools, block tools. You're going to end up in an, in an institution for this, Joel. <laughs> That's what I do. And, uh, like I said, Emily goes, shut up. <laughs> but hey, I've transferred the anger at that you, point. The transference is where the anger goes on someone else in your I'm piece. only accountable for my anger, <laughs> okay. not somebody else's. Well, I feel like that's a good place to end today <laughs> on therapy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enjoy talking about our obscure movie choices. Yeah, it's fun. Good talk.